Yo, 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 good evening and happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to episode 146 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening. Week 9 in the NFL kicked off last night. I'll do a brief recap of the game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans. Then I'll get into what I believe are the best games of Week 9 in the NFL, my takes, analysis, and predictions, along with what I believe are the best games of Week 10 in college football, the same takes, analysis, and predictions. And I will close with... My thoughts on the situation involving Kyrie Irvin as he was suspended five games by the Brooklyn Nets. Coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. All right, now without further ado, let's get episode 146 started. Well, you know I'm going to start my opening take, and of course it's in the NFL. We're going to start with last night's matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans. Now, the Eagles won this matchup 29-17 to improve to 8-0 and still being the only undefeated team in the NFL. Now, this game actually was better than I anticipated because this game was actually close for three quarters. I mean, the Houston Texans, after three quarters, was only down by four points, but was not able to score in the fourth quarter. One of the things the Houston Texans did in this matchup was they were able to run the fall effectively against this Eagles defense. That's something they needed to shore up. But in the end, Miles Davis was just not enough. Jalen Hurts had 243 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He also had 23 yards rushing. Miles Sanders, 93 yards rushing and one touchdown. Dallas Gobbard, 100 yards receiving and one TD. A.J. Brown, 59 yards. Now, Davis Mills, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say Miles. Um, I mean, Miles, um, David, Miles Davis, whatever it was, but... Anyway, my mistake. Davis Mills had 154 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Damon Pierce, 139 yards um, rushing. And Philip Dorsett had 69 yards receiving. And of course, they didn't have no Brandon Cooks because he's he's dealing with possibly getting traded, or wanted to get traded. So he he did not play in this one, so he, he was deactivated. For the Eagles, of course, this was to be expected. They, they're the only undefeated team in the NFL, and they're riding high. But kudos to Jalen Hurts. He's basically saying, look, we haven't accomplished nothing yet. You know, he's, he said he was 8-0 in Alabama and, and lost a national championship game to Clemson that year. So, he, he, you can tell how humble he's, he, he's become and a great leader for this team. Now, one of the things they do need to show up, as I mentioned, they are vulnerable against a run. So a good running team is going to be able to um, gash this defense for a lot of yards. If they don't get that shored up and then their defense has a bad game, they're going to lose. For the Texans, I mean, they're in rebuilding mode. It's just as simple as that. I mean, they don't have enough good players to, I mean to win a lot of games at this time. I mean, Davis Mill have shown some potential, but if they continue to lose games, he may not be the quarterback 
much for much longer. What I mean by that is, well, if if they get like the number one or number two pick in the draft, you don't think they're gonna pick up Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? So, all I can say for the, I just hope that the Houston Texans will be smart this time. That you know they have good management in place, and they gave Lovey Smith time to rebuild this team. Because we all know if Lovey Smith don't get it done in, in, in the next year or two, he'll be out the door. Now let's move on to what I believe are the best games of Week Nine in the NFL. I want to start with the LA Chargers visiting the Atlanta Falcons. Now the Chargers are four and three, and the Falcons are four and four, and the Falcons will be looking to maintain their lead in the NFC South. And the Chargers, coming off a bye, is hoping to get back on track and maybe keep pace with the Kansas City Chiefs before their next matchup. Of course, the bad news for the Chargers is they're going to be without their two best wide receivers. They're going to be without Mike Williams and Keaton Allen, who's still dealing with a hamstring injury. And Mike Williams is dealing with an ankle injury, which he's going to be out at least four weeks. So now Justin Herbert is going to depend on some other guys and the running game with Austin Aguilar. Now for the Falcons, they have the, they have the running game get back going, and there's a good chance that Cordell Patterson is going to be making his return from injury. So combine that with him and the running of Mariota, all Mariota has to do is just not turn the football over. And of course, this is a battle between the two of the best um, quarterbacks that ever came out of the University of Oregon. Now, I think this game is going to be close because the Chargers are, are, are vulnerable against the run and their secondary has been beat up. I mean, they still got Derwin James and Asante Samuels Jr. They lost J.C. Jackson to a kneecap injury and he's out for the rest of the season. The Falcons are one of the it's terrible against the pass. But unfortunately for the Chargers, they don't have their two best weapons to, to um, put fear into that secondary. I think this game will be close because of the vulnerabilities that I just mentioned. But I think the Falcons are going to take this one because I think the running game is going to carry them. Close game, but Falcons win this matchup 29-26. Now let's go to the Minnesota Vikings versus the Washington Commanders. Oh, as I like, I like, I like to name this the Kirk Cousins Bowl. That's right. Remember, Kirk Cousins spent the first few um, years of his career in Washington. Washington franchised him twice, and and that led to him getting the deal that he got with the Vikings currently. Now, the Washington Commanders have won three straight games. They're looking good since Taylor Heineke took over a starting quarterback for the injured Carson Wentz. The Vikings are still looking to extend their lead in the NFC North, while the Packers and the rest of the um, division is struggling. Now, in, in, in this game... This is what I think I'm going to trust Kirk Cousins on. And I don't trust him much in many games. 
Even though Washington's played well, I don't trust their defense still. I think Minnesota is is better on both sides of the ball, even though I think Minnesota's defense, you know, is is, is a little suspect as well. I'm gonna take the Minnesota Vikings to win this game. I think I think Washington will keep it close early, but I think the Vikings will um pull away in the fourth quarter. I'm gonna say the Vikings win this game 27 to 17. Now let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks versus the Arizona Cardinals. This is a must-win for the Arizona Cardinals. A loss possibly can end their season. And they won't be looking at no playoffs. The Seattle Seahawks, one of the biggest surprises in the NFL this season, will be looking to maintain their lead in the NFC West over my 49ers, who's off this week. Geno Smith is going to, looks to continue his excellent play. And of course, they found a, they found a good running back and Kenneth Walker the third. Now for Arizona, they better hope that James Conner is able to return to help that running game because it can't be all about Kyler Murray. And DeAndre Hopkins is back. So now... They, they need to come up with a, a balanced attack. As I said, the defense, they've held their own as best they can. But Kyler Murray can't afford any turnovers in this one. And the Seattle Seahawks, their defense, even though it's young and it took its lumps early, there's been a lot of improvement out of this, out of this bunch. But I can't say that I trust Arizona to bounce back. I think the Seahawks... Are just right now riding high. So it's going to be a close game because it's a division game. But in the end, I think I'm going to take the Seahawks to win this game. And I think they'll win it 20, 24 to 20. Now for the LA Rams versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a rematch of the NFC division game where the LH Rams won that game on a, on a big pass play from, from Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup, which, of course, Todd Poles called a terrible defensive play and got burned. And the Rams took it down the field, kicked the game-winning field goal, and was on to the NFC Championship game and to the Super Bowl. For both Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the LA Rams, this season has been a big disappointment. Both these teams are below expectations. The Rams are 4-4. Four and four. Tampa Bay is 3-5. and five. And I believe this is a must-win for both teams. I mean, with the Atlanta Falcons still surging, Tampa Bay cannot afford to lose any more games. For the Rams, they can't afford to lose any more games either. Because... They're not going to see my 49ers anymore, which I'm sure they're breathing a sigh of relief. They still got to play the Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals one or two more times each. For both of these teams, it's similar. Both have struggling offensive lines. Both teams can't run the ball. And both teams can't protect the quarterback. Both of the defenses are suspect. Now Tampa Bay's defense was holding up early 
throughout the struggles of Tampa Bay. But since then, they're starting to they're starting to crack. The Rams, their defense isn't looking that good as what well, either. So this game is gonna is, is gonna come down to which team can bounce back. And right now, I think I'm gonna take Tampa Bay. I think Tom, they've gotten an extra week of, of rest. The Rams is coming off a bye week and got beat down. I think Tampa Bay is going to... I think Tom Brady is going to get his swagger back in this one. So, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay winning this game 31-24. Now let's move on to Sunday night football. Where the Tennessee Titans take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now one of the things I've been saying for the past couple of um, episodes is I was asking the question Does Tennessee, could Tennessee be one of the teams to challenge the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills and the AFC well, we're going to find out this Sunday now for the Titans Ryan Tannehill who's been out with sickness and a foot injury will be a game time decision so that means the rookie Malik Willis will make a second start If I'm um, Mike Grable, if if Malik Willis is going to start, he's got to use him in the running game as well as the passing game to combine with Derrick Henry to control the clock. Because if their defense is on the field more more than their offense, they're going to get wiped out of this game. So Derrick Henry and Malik Willis, if he's starting, must control the clock. If Tannehill is able to play. He's got to make some plays in the passing game. We all know Kansas City is still trying to um, get that number one spot from Buffalo, which of course Buffalo already has one victory over them. But even with whether Tannehill or Malik Willis plays, I don't think they have enough to hang with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are right now on high. I think Patrick Mahomes is having probably his best season statistically. So I'm going to go with Kansas City to win this one pretty soundly. I'm going to say they're going to win this game 34 to 20. Now that that concludes my NFL segment. Now let's move to college football. We're going to start with a big time matchup at 330. Could be possibly the game of the year with huge implications for the college football playoff and for the SEC. That is number one Tennessee versus Georgia. Now this is going to be a big, a big test for the for the Tennessee offense. I mean they already passed the first test going through Alabama. Now they play a defense. It actually is a lot better this year than Alabama. So, Hendon Hooker and that offense will be tested big time in this one. Now, Georgia's defense, it's going to be interesting to see how they play this offense. And for, for Georgia, the running game must be on point. Now, not only the running game needs to be on point, 
Stetson Bennett has to make some plays in the passing game. He is more than capable of doing so, and he's done that. Because if um if um if if um Hindu Hooker and this offense gets going, Georgia's gonna be in for a long day. I mean, they got I mean, Tennessee has weapons galore. I mean, they got Jalen Wright at the running at the running back position. They got um Jalen Hyatt, who caught five touchdown passes versus Alabama. Cedric Tillman is back. And um Brew McCoy playing some good playing decent ball as well. So the weapons are there. And they're gonna probably put up some points. But the question for Georgia is will they be able to limit the amount of points Tennessee puts up? And of course, Georgia is at home, so they're going to have a home. They're going to have a big home field advantage here. I'm gonna tell you, this is one. That's this has been a hard one to pick. I mean, they're both undefeated. The winner of this game will possibly win the SEC East and possibly beat Alabama again, unless Alabama falls off and another team pops in there. I think I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go out on a limb. And I've been I've been um hyping Hindu Hooker throughout most of the year, saying he should be a Heisman Trophy candidate. He wins this if he wins this game and goes on to the, um, win the SEC championship. I think he might top CJ CJ Stroud as a guy to win the trophy. So I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb and pick the upset. Yes, sir. I'm gonna pick Tennessee to go into Georgia and upset Georgia. And a I believe will be a high scoring game. So I'm gonna go with Tennessee to win this game 38 to 35. Now let's move on to Alabama versus LSU. Now, the Georgia-Tennessee game, which is the biggest game of the year in college football, took the place of Alabama versus LSU. Because normally, this is the biggest game of the year in college football. Alabama is looking to go on a winning streak to win the SEC West and possibly get a rematch with Georgia or Tennessee. LSU is looking for to be a spoiler to Alabama. And this will be... Brian Kelly's first game versus Alabama as the LSU head coach. Now, the only way that they're going to be able to pull off this upset, I'm talking about LSU, they're going to need a big game from their quarterback, Jaden Daniels. Now, Jaden Daniels, he's struggled. I mean, he's been hot and cold. The first um, couple of ga- um, games of the year. But the last couple of games, they've, they've won two in a row. He's looked pretty good. I mean, he's at, he's at, he's at, he's got five touchdowns in the last two games and no interceptions. But he also leads the LSU Tigers in rushing. But in this case, give me the better quarterback. And the better quarterback is Bryce Young of Alabama. So while I believe um, LSU will keep it close and be competitive, 
Bryce Young will lead a, lead a game-winning drive to pull us out. So I don't think there'll be a lot of points early, but I think there'll be enough points scored by Alabama to, to, to hold on and win this matchup. 27 to 24. Now let's move on to Clemson versus Notre Dame. Now, of course, I've heard a lot of commentators and um, sports talks um, radio personalities say that they believe Clemson is overrated. That they don't deserve this number four spot. And you know this is going to motivate Dabo and company to come out and give it to Notre Dame this Saturday. We all know if Clemson keeps winning and win the SEC and the ACC championship, they're not going to get denied. I mean... I just don't see them getting denied a spot in the, in, in, in the um, college football playoff. It's just as simple as that. I mean, it's true. They've survived a couple of scares. They survived the Wake Forest scare. And they survived the Syracuse scare. But you, you have to beat what's in front of you. It's just as simple as that. Now, Donor Dane, they've gotten off to a slow start this season. But they've bounced back pretty nicely. And one of the things that's been helping them bounce back nicely is the running game, is their running game. So their running game is going to get tested this this coming Saturday versus a strong Clemson front. So Drew Drew Pine is going to have to make some plays with his arm. I mean, a Derek Estime, I think I said that right, but if I didn't, my apologies. I mean, he may he may have, he may have a tough time versus versus Clemson um front. So Michael Maynard, the tight end, is gonna have to make some plays along the other receivers as well. Because, because the Fighting Irish is at home, I think they'll play tough. But they're no match for Clemson and company. I think DJ, who's gonna be looking for a bounce back game, I believe will bounce back in this game. And I believe Clemson will pull this one out 27 to 20. Now, this will conclude the college football segment. Now, I'm going to close with Kyrie Irving. As we know, Kyrie Irving has been dominating the news in the NBA over the past few few days. The Brooklyn Nets suspended Kyrie Irving for at least five games without pay because he refused to apologize for sharing a link to a documentary called From Hebrews From Hebrews to Blacks. I think I said that right, but if I didn't, I apologize. My apologies. Actually, it's, yeah, it's called he- Hebrews to Negroes documentary. Now, according to those who have been critical of Kyrie Irving, they say that this um, movie contains anti-Semitic rhetoric. Now, of course, I don't know. I've never seen it. And Kyrie, up until his suspension, had refused to apologize for sharing this link. But after 
he was he got he, this um, the Brooklyn Nets handed down the suspension. He did an um, Instagram post apologizing to the Jewish community. And now, before I even got on this podcast, it's been reported that Nike is gonna um has dropped Kyrie Irving from their from their brand. Basically similar to what Adidas did to Kanye West. So here are my th- so here are my thoughts on Kyrie Irving. Now look, the Nets felt they had to make this move. They were feeling a lot of outside pressure to do something for Kyrie Irving. Do something to Kyrie Irving for for um sharing this link on his social media. And why should we be surprised? We also got to remember, this is New York. New York has the largest Jewish um, population of of any state in the United States. So, of course, there's going to be a a lot of backlash to this um, documentary. And I also believe that the reason the Brooklyn Nets took this action against Kyrie Irving because they have to make it appear that they're taking action not only that they're also putting the pressure on NBA commissioner Adam um, Silva to take action as well now it's been reported that Adam Silva is supposed to meet with Kyrie next week to discuss this matter so it's going to be interesting to see if Adam Silva takes action against Kyrie Irving as well. Another one of my thoughts is this. Now, I'm no apologist for Kyrie Irving whatsoever. But here's, my, here's a question I need, that needs to be asked. Why is he getting all the smoke for this? Shouldn't Amazon and Jeff Bezos get the smoke? as well they're the one promoting this documentary I mean if you go to if you go to Amazon and and, and type in Hebrews to Negroes it's right there the book and the documentary you can buy it off Amazon the book and the documentary if you want to view it and they're making and, and sales have spiked since this, this Kyrie Irving controversy. So where's the smoke for Amazon and Jeff Bezos? I mean, you don't hear nobody's, you don't hear no one saying they're going to boycott Amazon if they don't take this um, documentary down. So all I'm saying is, where's the, cons- where's the um, consistency? I mean, why should, why is Kyrie being the face of this um of this controversy, I mean, is he making any money off of off of this film by promoting it on his social media? I mean, is he getting a cut for promoting this um documentary in the book? I mean, I mean, if if he is somebody, somebody needs to put that out there. If it's if it, if he if he is, but. There's no evidence that suggests that he's making a profit off of this. 
Now, as again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not an apologist for Kyrie. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. You know, it needs to be equal amount of smoke. And actually, forget that. Not an equal amount of smoke. There needs to be more smoke for Amazon and Jeff Bezos because they're profiting off of this. As far as um, Nike goes, I mean, I can't can't say it's surprising. I mean, they were feeling the heat. They were probably feeling the heat as well, and probably was threatened with boycotts if they didn't drop Kyrie Irving from their label. So that's all. All I'm asking for is some consistency and some fairness. You know. Equal, an equal amount of smoke, especially for one that's making m- m- money off of it. Now, from a basketball standpoint, this this is this looks bad because the Nets are two and six, and it has recently fired Steve Nash as their coach. And the only Kevin Durant now has to carry this team on his back one more time. While Kyrie is serving this five-game suspension. So another another setback and a long list of trauma surrounding the Brooklyn Nets. Now it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this meeting with Adam Silver. I've even seen some suggest that maybe his career is probably over. I don't buy that one bit. Trust me, he's not going to get banned from the NBA. I think the most Adam Silva is probably going to do is probably probably a longer suspension and that's it. But he's already apologized. He's already donated $50,000 to um, Jewish charities. So what more can you ask for from Kyrie Irving? So it's going to be interesting to see going forward what the, I mean, how much more fallout is going to come of this? I just hope there's a, a resolution can be resolved and Kyrie can get back on the court. Now, this will conclude episode 146 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for streaming and downloading. I appreciate it very much. You can follow this podcast and stream it on, from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and wherever you stream your podcast from. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13. And you can follow my Facebook page at Sports Takes Galore with Gabe. I'd like to thank everyone for listening, downloading, and streaming. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the games. And I'll talk to you again on Tuesday.